Welcome to Our Lord's Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. Our desire for you as you listen is to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we read the scriptures and to be mobilized to actively bring God's kingdom to the earth. For more information on who we are, visit OLCC.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at OLCCOKC. Okay, well, welcome to Health Week here at Our Lord's All Saints Community Church. Um, I've entitled my talk today, Peace in a Pandemic. And there you see there's a little pandemic going on there on the, on the Sea of Galilee. And uh, Jesus is just sleeping through it, is not bothered by it. But there's a health condition I want to address this week. And it is a pandemic, as it is affecting people all over the world, and even in this sanctuary, I, I believe. It's hard to live in peace in the midst of this. And this condition has a number of symptoms. But there is a cure, but sometimes people don't believe the cure actually works. However, I strongly do believe that the cure does work. So. First, we're going to look at the symptoms of this condition. Secondly, we're going to identify what it is. Thirdly, we're going to look at what the cure is. Fourth, we're going to spend some time addressing why people don't believe in the cure. And then fifth, we're going to have a a clinic time where we're going to apply the cure to those who have the condition. And this is going to be all in the next 15, 18 minutes, okay? And if you think I'm talking about COVID-19, you're wrong. Hallelujah. <laughs> so first, we're going to look at the symptoms. Well, I, I looked up this condition on WebMD, the website, and here are the following conditions of this, or the symptoms of this condition. There are emotional symptoms, include becoming easily agitated, frustrated, moody, feeling overwhelmed, like you're losing control or you need to take control having low self-esteem, feeling lonely, worthless, depressed. Physical symptoms include low energy, headaches, upset stomach, aches, pains, tense muscles, chest pain, rapid heartbeat, insomnia, frequent colds and infections, nervousness and shaking, ringing in the ear, cold and sweaty hands and feet. There are cognitive symptoms, which include racing thoughts, forgetfulness, disorganization, inability to focus, poor judgment. There are behavioral symptoms, which include changes in appetite, either you eat too much or you don't eat enough, increased use of alcohol, drugs, and cigarettes. And there's a spiritual symptom. I didn't find this out on WebMD, but it's, I found it in the Bible. And that involves being spiritually choked, stopping the seeds of life that God has planted in you from becoming fully fruitful. So if unaddressed over the long term, this condition to lead to even further health problems, mental health problems, heart and digestive issues. So what is the condition? Here it is. The condition is worry, anxiety, stress. Worry, anxiety, stress being anxious about many things. 
You know, in the Bible, it talks about worries being a chokehold. When Jesus talked about the uh, parable of the seeds, one of the seeds, he says, fell among thorns. And that's the one that stands for people who hear the word of God. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries and the riches and pleasures of life. And they do not mature. So just as, you know, an external force can choke you and cut off your ability to breathe and live properly, worry can choke off your ability to fulfill the life the way you'd like to. So, I told you I'd had a cure for that. Are you ready for the cure? Here's the cure. We read it earlier today, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about some things. A few things? No, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Remember the long-term consequences I mentioned? One of them was mental issues and heart issues. Look at that. He will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's a great cure. So now we're going to go on to why people don't think the cure works. What are some of the reasons that the cure, this cure that is so clearly mentioned in the Bible, is not effective? Well, the first one, I, I, uh, the reason I call it, uh, the, the main point is called stinking thinking. <laughs> stinking thinking. The first part of this is, is thinking that worrying will help you solve the problem somehow. Worrying about it will help you solve the problem. You know, in Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. So I guess he gives you the ability to worry about today, maybe, you could say. But after midnight tonight, you can't worry about that, okay? Just today, based on this, on this verse. Um, another reason is that somehow we think that burdens are ours to bear, that somehow we're supposed to take these burdens on ourselves. And Peter, in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, he says, Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. A 19th century Scottish preacher put it this way, If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. And yet distance makes no difference to him. He is praying for me, and he's praying for you. Just think about if whatever you might be worrying about today, think about if Jesus was right behind you and you could hear him praying. How would you feel about that? How would you feel about that concern? Well, it's true. You know, the Bible says that he is interceding for us, even right now. And it also says the Holy Spirit also. So both of them are up there interceding for every one of us right now. Another thing is that uh, we don't, understand the kind of heart we should have and David in the Psalms uh, 
he describes this childlike heart that, that we should have. David really got it right here. And that's in Psalm 131. And he says, My heart is not proud, O Lord. My, not, my eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with matters or things too great or wonderful for me. And here it says, But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. You know, when you think about a weaned child, you know, I have uh, one of my granddaughters, Josie, I think would be called in the weaned child stage, you know, two to four-ish. And, you know, I don't think she's concerned about her parents' financial condition. I don't think she's worried about, you know, uh, you know if she's going to get to eat, you know, next meal. She's not, con- she's not concerned about the economy and the high inflation that just came out on Friday. She's not worried about that, you know. And sometimes we kind of get a little too big for our britches with God, and we don't realize that we should just be like weaned children before God. Um, And, you know, you think about David's life, how many trials he went through. uh, And yet, here he says, "I, I feel like I'm just like a weaned child before God. Lord, give us that attitude. Another reason we may not want to not really want to believe this is is really a lack of faith sometimes we just don't have the faith that we should have and you remember that picture we put up on the very first Jesus is in the boat you know they're they're out on the Sea of Galilee this huge storm comes up it's raining the waves are going over the boat the wind's blowing and Jesus is asleep and the disciples are going crazy they're so concerned finally they wake him up and he says we're gonna drown and he looks at him and says, why are you so afraid? <laughs> I mean, wow. And then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And they looked at each other and said, wow. Even the waves and the wind obey his will. So do you have any winds or waves in your life right now? And, and if you do, what, what has your response been? And what would you like it to be? Another reason we can have trouble applying this cure is is really inner brokenness that we may may have inside us. You know, sometimes past pains and hurts have created a vulnerability where Satan can get in there and attack you in this manner. You want to believe God can handle life's issues, but, you know, you've had some situations in the past and and it just, it really causes some undoubt, a doubt and unbelief to rise in you, and you just can't quite get there. Another reason is a wrong attitude we may have towards the trials that face us on this earth. Sometimes I, I hear people, and uh, you know, I think sometimes there's this thinking that being a Christian assures that we're going to enter this stress-free zone here on earth. And really, it's just the opposite. You know, Paul talked about putting on the armor of God because we're in a war. And I think if, if Lynn Anderson was here, the, the great country singer, that she may want to sing to us that old country song that she made so famous, I beg your pardon. I've never promised you a rose garden because along with the sunshine, there's going to be a little rain sometime. I wanted to sing that, but my wife said don't. <laughs> Mike Adele says thank you very much so you know we we do have trials in this earth and 
and uh, we need to remember that. Um, and we're going to talk about, in just a second, the blessings of those. But, you know, we do have a, ahead of us an eternity where there are no trials, where everything is going to be joy and peace and uh, no trials, no sin. But that's not now. You know, as, as Brock has talked about, you know, the, this, this kingdom theology that we have is, you know, the kingdom is here, but it's not quite yet here. I mean, we still have to deal with sin here in, on this earth. Another reason we may not, uh, as far as wrong attitudes towards trials, is understanding the blessing of trials. You know, in James chapter 1, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I think it was Melissa King, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, was up here, was talking about flipping things in our life, things that occur. And so a lot of times, you know, our, when, when something, we're facing a trial, we shouldn't be asking not what is God doing to me, but what is God doing for me? How is this trial that I'm going through maturing me and helping make me more mature and complete in Jesus uh, and able to be more Christ-like? Uh, Rock and Bev sent out their newsletter uh, this last week, and at the very bottom of it, they said, uh, while the storms often do us the most good, we are enjoying the calm. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, we don't like going through trials. The Bible says, you know, no one enjoys doing that. But very often, they are the, the things that do it the most good. I know I look back on my life and where I've experienced the most growth and most maturity in my life is when I've gone through really hard things. So, The other thing is that we, we need to realize that the Lord is going to give us compassion um, and, we, and, and, get, and put a, a storehouse of compassion in us that we can give to other people. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So in this passage, it seems to make the case that the, the, the way that you can become a, and a uh, purveyor of comfort to other people is only through the comfort that you receive yourselves when you go through trials. So it's a, it's, a, it's a blessing to be able to be a comfort to other people. And lastly, I think one of the reasons is we're really not very practiced in taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Um, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, Paul says, You know what you should do. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it, you, you know, this isn't from 2 Corinthians, this is me talking here. <laughs> you know what you should do, but you still kind of let life situations trigger you into yielding to worry. You know, I know I'm not supposed to worry about that, but somehow you just haven't quite worked that muscle and, and developed that yet to where you can do it. Uh, I think it is a learned behavior. You know, as you go through trials and, and, and process them, it's kind of a learned behavior. And in Philippians 4, Paul mentioned, I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So it isn't something that he just knew, you know, 
the day he, you know, got prayed for uh, in Damascus, that point on, he had it. It was something he had to learn, and so that's something we need to learn, too. Okay, worship team, if you could go ahead and come up. We're going to be going into uh, the last phase of, of, of this time. So we've diagnosed the condition, we've looked at the symptoms, we have identified the cure, we've looked at reasons why the cure sometimes is ineffective, and so now we're going to apply the cure through the Philippians 4 prayer. So as they get, get ready, you know, applying this cure and, and getting this doesn't mean that there won't be times of stress. As I mentioned before, that's part of being here on earth. We're going to have stress. But the question is, how you deal with it? How do you deal with the stress? You know, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, he was, he was stressed, you know. He was stressed a lot. So um, we shouldn't expect that somehow we're not going to ever have it. And, and it also may take more than one dose of the cure to get you healed up. You know, Jesus in the garden, again, is an example, if you remember, he went back three times and prayed by himself before he was really ready to meet the angry mob that was approaching. So although the cure could be instantaneous, and, and oftentimes it is, it could also be a process. So just keep that in mind. So when I'm faced with anxiety, I'm trying to get better at quickly recognizing what's happening and applying the cure. I think the quicker that happens, the lesser the consequences will be on your life whenever it hits you. So, are you guys ready to apply the cure? All right. So we're going to pray a prayer together, and I'd like, except for the second slide, which is going to be a silent prayer, I want to, let's say the prayer together. And so we're going to have several slides here. Um, the first thing we want to do is to ask God to reveal every area in which we may have anxiety. Okay, so there's a Prayer for that. All right, you ready to pray this together? God, show me all the areas in which I have anxiety, stress, or fear. Okay, so now just spend, we're going to spend 30 seconds or so and just let the Lord speak to you about that. Speak to us about that. <laughs> Okay, let's go to the next slide. Now that you've asked the Lord and I, he's showed you these things, let's just uh, confess to the Lord that we have allowed anxiety in our life in the following areas. And you can just do that silently. Okay, now let's go to the next 
part of the prayer. If you remember in Philippians 4, it says, with prayer and petition. So we're going to start out with prayer. We'll pray this prayer together. God, you are my refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. You say, be still and know that I am God. So, like a weaned child, I still myself before you. I choose to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, knowing that, as I do, you will provide everything I need. Okay, now we're going to go to the petition part of the prayer. Let's pray it together. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. I now lay at your feet all the burdens you have revealed. I ask you to deal with them in your sovereign power and timing. Help me resist trying to take them back from you. Okay, now we're going to go to the part of Thanksgiving. There's two slides with this. We're going to thank the Lord. Thank you for the strength and maturity that are developing in me from these trials. Thank you for the comfort you give during trials. Thank you that I will be able to comfort others with the comfort I have received. Thank you that I am learning the secret of being content in any and every situation. Thank you in advance for dealing with these trials. I trust your solution and timing. And thank you for the eternal reward that is mine in Christ Jesus. And now let's go to the part of the prayer where we receive the peace of God. Lord Jesus, I now receive your peace, which exceeds anything I can understand. May this peace fully guard my heart and mind as I live in you.